0: The opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB, Talk860, and Womentowatch.net. I'm so thrilled to be back in the studio uh, with all of you and the two women that I have joining us today, this afternoon. Two quick show notes. If you're listening and you would like to call in and and speak to our guests this afternoon, you can do so uh, by dialing 888-888. 329-3306. 3293306. Uh and please always check out our website to keep up with what uh all the things we're doing on Women to Watch and you can do that at womentowatch.net. net. Uh, just a reminder, we're also now on iTunes, so if you are podcasting, please check us out on iTunes. Uh, this afternoon we have uh, two two women with us. One is my uh, wonderful co-host who joins us when she can, and I'm glad she's back with us on the show. Um, she took a wonderful vacation that we're going to hear all about, a wonderful cruise to the Eastern Caribbean. And on hold we have Forbes Riley. And Forbes Riley, who many of you probably know, is a TV host and a spokesperson, celebrity fitness and lifestyle expert. She is a professional coach, keen note speaker, actress, and author, and we're going to be inviting her on in just a few minutes. I want to uh, welcome you both to the show, and Beth, I'd love to start with you and, and hear a little bit about your trip.
2: Did you miss me?
1: I did. I did.
2: (laughs) I I, always do. I missed you, too. If if we hadn't been at sea, it was a day at sea, so it would have been a little tough because I would have been calling in via the Internet. And actually, now the Royal Caribbean got high-speed Internet, so now I know that I actually could have done it oh because okay the internet the, the internet connection was so great but i I love disconnecting for the week not that i didn't don 't love you and didn 't miss you but uh no, I wanted it, you it, to do that.
1: I did not want you calling a, in from your cruise
2: it was really it was wonderful my my girlfriend chantelle who um she was on the cruise because her husband happens to be the captain of the ship. She uh, got on board that week as well, and uh, she's training for a half marathon. I, a couple years ago, I was one of Moore um, Magazine and Fitness Magazine's 10 Fierce Females, so I ran a half marathon, I believe it was three years ago, two or three years ago, and I got to pick a team of nine other women to be part of my 10, and um, Chantelle, who was not an athlete, She was a dancer when she was young, but she was not a runner and really did not have a fitness routine. I um, invited her to be part of my team, so um, God love her. She trained, and she and I and... uh Another good friend of mine, Dr. Dorothy Wilson, who's a dermatologist, the three of us ran every single step of that half marathon together. Mm-hmm. And so um, on board the ship, Chantel is starting to train. She's going to do another half this spring. So I ran three miles with her um, a couple times during the week. Plus, I, I got her into cross training because she really needed upper body and core fitness. My, my trainer is really big about making sure your entire body is fit not you know a lot of runners just run right. and they don't have the the upper body strength and the core strength and you really need to be balanced and For women in particular, as we near the menopausal age, um, strength training and resistance training is so important for bone health and for bone density. So I, um, I kind of whipped Chantel for the week. We we worked out every single day. I have to say I was very proud that. uh, And I I love that's one of the things I love about vacations because I never miss my workout because I make it a priority. You know, uh, sometimes breast cancer patients become the priority for the day and. You know, like I packed my gym bag for tonight, and I'm planning on getting there for my workout. Right. Uh, but sometimes, you know, things get things come up that it it just goes a little bit down the list. But on vacation, um, this was wonderful because we ran, we did cross training. I got her doing push up uh, holds and and really getting her form together. And so now she's going to be a beast because she's got another couple weeks on the ship with her husband, and uh, she is going to her birthday's coming up in december so she is absolutely training um for this half marathon and really you know is using all the time that she has on board to do it so it's pretty cool and i i'm happy because i got to be an inspiration to her yeah prior oh. to pri- prior to us becoming really good friends she didn't have fitness and exercise as she was a i hate to say it but she was a skinny fat girl she was very thin right you know when you would look at her beautiful beautiful very thin woman but um did not have the muscle strength and and the tone and now she's getting it all and uh she actually found a a picture of the six-pack ab lady on the uh on one of the uh video screens in the gym on the ship and so she took a picture of it and i was like yeah if you have those six-pack abs when when you get back you know i'm i don't know i I may have to rethink this and and become (laughs) like the cruise doctor or something so i can stay uh so i can stay that fit but it was wonderful and uh i i got to spend the week with my son and his girlfriend. So Joe and I had a wonderful time, kind of hanging out. We 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 exercised hard. We played hard. Went to the beach. Did some shopping, um, and a lot of chilling. Just kind of hanging out and just being, which is really a wonderful thing to do when you do what I do every day. So
1: I know but it, I and that's why I never want you calling in when you're away. <laughs> I want you to really, you know, just kind of well, check thank out. You. Although, you know, well, I, I would love to hear from you, but I really I, I know did, how I did. I know
2: I did check out it. You know it was a good checkout though, and uh, I'm I'm back now. I'm I'm back till I'm, I'm not really going away away again till till the spring. So you're stuck with me every Monday, which okay. is probably a good thing. I think and I maybe need I to- can even make. I can not even make it to the studio at some time because today I had a long day of surgery. Uh, obviously, uh, no good deed goes unpunished. You come back from vacation and, uh, you know, a very full day in the operating room. But it was wonderful. My patients did great. Good. And um, I made it upstairs in time. And I'm, I was, I'm digging our guest today. I, I was, you know, doing my intel. And uh, just so you know, we are both Taurus the Bulls because I, I saw her birthday. She's a, a late April birthday. So... That I doesn't surprise listening. me. <laughs> I know, but I'm I'm listening to her on some of these videos, and I'm going, "This chick." And it's funny because my girlfriend Emily's dad, when I was young, said, "You have moxie," and I thought that was a bad thing because I didn't know what moxie was when he told me that I had it. Right. So when I looked it up, I go, "This is a good thing." And so when I was reading about Forbes, I said, "You know what? I'm going to love this woman. She she absolutely uh, has what it takes to just kind of get stuff done." So right, and get other uh, people motivated. Time.
1: Exactly. I think you ought to bring her on board. Let's do it. Um, So, again, uh, for everyone listening, we're being joined this afternoon by Forbes Riley, and uh, she is a TV host. She is a spokesperson, a celebrity fitness and lifestyle expert, uh, professional coach, keynote speaker, actress, and author. And there probably is a title I left out of there, but Forbes, um, welcome to the show. Hey ladies, how are you? We're great. We're great. So glad you could join us this afternoon. Finally, I feel as though you and I connected a long time ago and we're finally getting you on the show. Well,
0: I am very, very excited. i got lots to talk about, and congratulations on all that you've been doing.
1: Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And uh, I, I, we do have a lot to talk about. There's a lot of things I want to cover. Um, one of the things that you know I wanted to start out with, just to give the audience a sense of you and um, where you came from and what's a little bit behind the work you do, is to talk about your growing-up years, and um, specifically the, the influence that your dad has had on your career and why you're doing so much work specifically with entrepreneurs. So talk a little bit about those years growing up and um, what what your dad's uh, inventor, uh, being an inventor, I should say, did for you. Okay. So when
0: I started, I grew, I grew up talking like this because I'm from Long Island, New York. Okay. <laughs> <And> <laughs> can you tell that energy? Yes. yes. And you know what? I was very blessed to have two parents who stayed together. Uh, somehow, though, nobody really noticed, and they're they're long gone, so I can't ask them this question. When I was about eight years old, I got hit in the face with a baseball bat, and my nose kind of grew crooked off the side of my face. Uh, I grew up at a time when Kentucky Fried Chicken and Arby's and McDonald's hit town in 1968. We ate, that was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night dinners, and then TV dinner the rest of the time, so I was kind of a chunky, overweight little kid, even though I could dance. I had frizzy hair, and then I had braces for eight years. And at some point, I had a tongue thruster in my mouth, and I talked like this, so it was odd. Um, Very lonely, crazy little childhood, and I'm not complaining, but it does lead me to the motto that you are the sum of the obstacles you overcome. I grew up in my bedroom, uh, watching a lot of television, reading a lot of books. I was a phenomenal straight-A student, but a very lonely little girl, because I just wanted to be pretty, and I didn't quite fit in. And, and, and it was really odd. I, I watched a lot of movies, and I spent a lot of time dreaming. And funny how that influences you, you know, 40 years later, but I preach the concept of dream dream it, believe it, and achieve it, and that most people don't dream big enough, and that my dreams were extraordinary, and I've, co- I've accomplished a lot of them because I dreamed big dreams, and they could be even bigger. You know, I don't live Oprah's life just yet, but I'll, I'll tell you what. I did all the things I wanted to do because, and we didn't, in spite of not having money, that was the other thing I learned, how to be very entrepreneurial or get what you wanted without money, so my dad uh, was... He designed printing presses, he was an amateur magician, he taught me magic when I was a kid, he He also invented the craziest things in our home that you can't believe. He invented a a medicine cabinet that you could crawl over the sink and get into physically. It's a very Harry Potter kind of concept. I, I won't go into it, but you go, huh? (laughs) <laughs> Try and tell your kids or your friends at school that you were sitting in your medicine cabinet doing your homework, and they go... <laughs>
1: I'd like to see a picture of that, Forbes. I like it.
0: I have a picture. It's on my wall, and I will show it to me and my dog sitting in my medicine cabinet. Oh, I want to see it. Um, he, he invented a, a thinker-blinker, this kind of little crazy computer based on a kid's story that we had. And I actually remember being an 8-year-old, having to stand up in front of my class and explain to them how I drew a schematic. Um... So I learned all kinds of skills, how to lie, how to create, how to be inventive and how to you know, avoid being bullied because everyone thought I was really odd. So, and then, then unfortunately when I was 14 years old, he slipped, he was in a printer and he had an accident and it put him in the hospital for three years and he had 15 oh. operations trying to save and reconstruct his hand. Oh, and that was oh. a very hard time because I tell my kids, we really did have no money. It, you know, When you're in the hospital, it eats up everything. So I understand the value of a dollar. Mm. I understand the value of family. Um, I know what it's like to be in a hospital. I was in a hospital yesterday, but the difference is I was giving out flowers and helping you know, accident victims just feel better about their lives, because when I was there, it was pretty crappy. I learned that the serve bad food and that people lying in bed will tend to get sicker. So all of those things in the back of my head growing up, and I had no idea that I'd have a use for any of them, to be honest with you, but I wanted to be James Bond. That was the thing that kind of I said, you know, I want to scuba dive. I want to water ski and snow ski and travel around the world and be a spy and... And when you have no money, how do you do that? Well, I became incredibly inventive. I worked for Club Med for almost on and off for almost 10 years and scuba-dived around the world. I did stand-up comedy at ski resorts, and I got to ski. And I did all of this with no money and got paid often to do it. So this odd drive of wanting to do this and then the, the wanting to be an actress was a shock to my parents who helped scrape together whatever money we did have to put me to school to be a lawyer. And somehow on the way out, I, I did okay. Um, I ended up being on Broadway with Christopher Reeve. I was in the TV series 24. I did lots of movies. But I never, and by the way, the entire time, the the thing that was odd for me was that I fought my weight. I was actually on Broadway with Christopher Reeve, and they sent me to Overeaters Anonymous. Now, I was about 20 pounds overweight at the time. You would not, if you looked up, if you met me, you'd go, you're fine, you're beautiful, what's the problem? But no one ever told me that. You know, back then, I was on As the World Turns, and I was with Meg Ryan and Julianne Moore, and they were so (laughs) sick that it was bizarre. I, I, anybody would look large next to them. So it was a very confusing time. So fast forward through a lot of life and I started hosting things. And I've had some great luck, and I want to say luck. Luck is you know preparation meets opportunity. I ended up hosting the original X Games for ESPN. I had a national talk show uh, on TLC. I, I, and then of course I was there when home shopping started. So I ended up on QVC at a time when nobody wanted to be there. Well, my actress friends literally said, oh, you sell crap on TV. And I'm like, and you're a waitress. How does that make you a better actress? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and then you get this defining moment that about 10 years ago now, and I can't believe it was 10 years, but then my twins are turning 13 this month, um, that I have a lead in a TV series. I finally got what I wanted. if If you Google, if you go to YouTube and search Forbes Riley acting demo, You'll see stuff I'm very proud of, and I, I played the lead in a TV series called Fashion House. A little side note: the gentleman playing my son is actually now engaged to Lady Gaga. I don't know how the math on that works, but oh,
1: I God. know who he is. Yeah, he's yeah, from Taylor BC. Kinney. He was my baby. Oh my gosh, that's that's a great I, so story. You have to go
0: to YouTube and watch Forbes Riley in Fashion House. You will laugh. Uh, <laughs> and I, it was a great role. Yeah. So the, you know that that show. Sixty five one hour episodes, cleared the country, got sold, and they called me at the eleventh hour and said, Hey, you know what? We have to replace you because your name's not big enough to market the show. We're gonna give the role that you love and want so much to Bo Derek.
1: Mm. Ugh. Oh, jeez. Bo Derek. And okay. Yeah.
0: Well, for all of those reasons, we won't articulate because she's a very lovely person. But right. the point is, it, yeah, it didn't work for the show. It didn't work for me. And my agent said, you know what? Forbes, I'm going to let you go. Like, you're going to let me go. This is my dream. What do you mean you're going to let me go? He said, yeah, you're a 40-year-old actor. You know, he said, you've never had a hit TV series. <laughs> and so you're not a failed actress. You're hard to market. And he said, what you do is a lot of infomercials. Why don't you go brand yourself? And if you still want to do a movie, you know, make some money by your own. And about that time, I'd also had the fortune to host an infomercial that changed my life and many people around the world with Jack Lalane. Right. Uh, about Twelve years ago, we introduced pretty much the concept of juicing to America. Now, you, you know, everybody's juicing, and Jack's been gone for four years. But I was there at the start of all that. And here's a crazy statistic. We grossed a billion dollars in sales in 80 countries in eight years. Wow. I was on TV for eight years. I know. And, and I met two that's, phenomenal that's, people that's who changed crazy. my whole life. Yeah, and Jack said, you know, if man made it, don't eat it. That was his big advice to me, and it it was a huge beginning. And then, of course, I got pregnant. I was the biggest pregnant woman you've ever seen. I gave, I pushed out. I know you women will appreciate that. I pushed out two <laughs> yeah. seven-pound children, a little boy and a little girl, and changed everything. Changed my body. Changed my outlook. Watched Jack, who had been a mentor for so many people, he, his 35-year TV career, getting all everyone to exercise and walking the walk. I'd never met a man like that. And you know, one of the things I preach about is that you do need a mentor. You do need a coach. And back then I was afraid to ask. I was afraid I wasn't good enough. So I didn't want to show my weaknesses to a coach or ask people for help. And when I did, everything in my life changed. And that's been the journey.
1: You know, what, one of my questions was what, you know, I know that you spent some time with Jack Lelane and also Montel Williams, and I was wondering what, you know, the greatest lesson you took away from, specifically Jack, because he was so ahead of his time. Um, you know, was, is there one lesson in particular that you learned from him that you use today?
0: Yeah, that your body is everything, and you don't treat it nearly well enough, and if you don't, you're done. You know, once <laughs> if your body gives out, what else are you going to live is the truth, so I just spent last weekend at Jack's house with his wife, Elaine. Elaine is turning 90 years young, and I went out to a charity dinner with her, and she hit the dance floor like a 22-year-old. And I woke up at her home, and we got in their, their pool, which is in their house, and we worked out for an hour. I couldn't keep up with this woman. Wow. Oh, I love that. The secret is, you eat... If man made it, don't eat it. You eat lean, green, and mean. I'll tell you what, you, you live every day. You breathe, you laugh, you, you enjoy, you have a positive mindset. Elaine and Jack were never sick. Let me tell you something. No cancer, no Alzheimer's. Jack didn't need glasses until he was 90. Let me tell you the secret, that is the secret. It's not, it's not a big deal. It's the most bizarre thing. It doesn't take a lot more than we realize, but none of us do it. We think it's okay to drink and smoke and treat our bodies like And how do we do this?
2: Um, Forbes, I, if you could, if you sat uh, in my if you sat in my office for um, one afternoon of office hours with my patients. Um, And Sue knows this very well. I, you know, I look at when someone's diagnosed with cancer, I tell them, I said, this is the opportunity for you to realize that the body that your soul is living in is a temple. And you need to start worshiping it. You need to respect it. You need to exercise. You need to eat a healthy diet. Um, You have to eat clean. It's not about people think people, you know, we we are the world of these crazy, ridiculous diets. When it's about eating clean, it's about eating things that are not processed and about changing, you know, how you feel and how you look at every single day of your life you know the the combination of exercise and a stress reduction whether it's meditation or yoga or something to quiet your mind and good clean nutrition cannot be underestimated and it's like the simplest lesson but it's the hardest one for people to get
0: and I don't know why that is, but I'll tell you what, when you're around healthy, wonderful people, you do learn that there are much better ways and healthier ways. But we just don't promote that. There's not a lot of money in health. There seems to be a lot of money in sickness.
2: There's there's a ton of money in the pharmaceutical industry. In, and believe me, as a, as a surgeon who treats breast cancer patients, knowing that about 75% of all those cancers could have been prevented had we had a different lifestyle, um, it is it to me it, it's my mantra. It's like I... The, you know the whole cancer thing makes me kind of crazy because there's so many cancers that are completely preventable and we're living in a society that just doesn't want to get it and we live with a society where the the big pharma the big companies they're making the money off of the diseases so the impetus to to push for change like there's no there's no financial gain for people to become healthier themselves for these companies so there's no push and so it's got to come from us and i you know that's sue sue knows knows me very well that uh you know this this second half of my career is really focused on getting people to wake up and uh smell the roses and realize that, you know, the, the today's the first day of the rest of your life and all the changes that you make today can pay back in spades down, down the line because we have to be the ones that make those changes.
0: So if you're listening to this, I hope that you're hearing the message from a surgeon, from a health advocate, from three women who are committed to making a change. And, you know, one of the things that I did was... Five years ago was to create the spin gym, and I don't know that either of you have one yet, but you need to
2: get one. I, I, I watched the thing last night and I said, How come I don't have these sitting in my office? Like they should be hello? sitting out there in my waiting room. I know, well, hello, I, everything happens for a reason. I was supposed to meet you now, but I'm watching this and I, I saw the chick on the doctor's lay down with her skirt because she didn't want to miss <laughs> out on the ab exercise. I was
0: cracking up. I
2: can't, that would you you have don't been know
0: what me we're I'm going to spell it for everybody, so, so I want them to Google this. It's called Spin S P I N G Y M. So it is a spin gym. It's a portable, handheld product. And like I said, if you go to YouTube and type, what in is it? Spingement, Twenty-nine bucks. The video. What is it? How? Twenty-nine dollars. Yeah, I mean that's the deal. It's, it's not. I did never wanted to make an expensive product. It comes with five workouts. It's wildly inspirational. It comes in bright colors. And if you go to YouTube, you'll see everybody from Matt Gray in a wheelchair to Pedro, who had his arms and legs amputated, who spin gyms, by the way, um, to Major Bus. You know, I've got baseball players, baseball pitchers, who earn ten million dollars a year bingeing, because we can do something with this little device that no one's ever done before. It is not a resistance, resistance band. It's not a dumbbell. No. And I've sold enough products on television to know that I think this is one of the most amazing products ever.
1: Well, Here's and it awesome. sounds like a great stocking stuffer to me.
0: Okay, so, right. I I love I you. I'm sorry, you. Could
1: you say that again? It sounds looks, like a great yeah. stocking <laughs> stuffer to me. Um, yeah, no, because I love to, you know, anything that is affordable and convenient, you know, small, can you can take it with Suit. you is... Sue so the reason Fantastic. the
2: reason that you you and I need them and you need to watch the video? Yep. Forbes's Forbes's upper arms freaking rock. Oh, I she see. does yes. not have a hint of motion. And, and <laughs> the thing is, like I, I do, I do a ton of push. I do a lot of. I'm, I'm pretty fit for my 54 years. Um, but I, I have to tell you, Forbes, watching you use that little device, and you get it because it's just it's the it's the right motions. It's it's that repetition. People think you need to lift heavy weights, and you don't. You just need to do it. You actually just well, need actually, to Well, actually, my moving. love,
0: here's what's great great is and i love that you love it but i'm going to tell you something you don't actually get the half of it because you haven't touched it yet it is actually arms back posture core we do sit-ups we do back we do everything with this product and when you feel it here's what you're going to understand see unlike a resistance band that is a you could do one side of your body because it spins and it's a strength cord you have to engage every single muscle 360 degrees and your core or it doesn't work
1: Forbes, I, talk about how did you develop this? Can you tell us the story you know quick version of the story?
0: Absolutely. One, I was looking for a product that was mine. I had a resistance band snap and I mean, shadow my nose for the second time. I have no idea why. My nose is not that big. It gets in the way of everything. <laughs> okay.
2: okay. I, I broke mine three times, too, so that's another commonality.
0: Go ahead. All right. Well, there you go. Now, I don't feel so bad because I'm feeling like quite a klutz. <laughs> and I was looking for something that was just mine. And remember, I used to sell, I still sell on home shopping in Europe and here, ellipticals and treadmills and all kind of other products that are basically good. I've sold a rebounder, a trampoline, for 10 years on HSN, I still sell that. And I believe in almost any form of workout. I mean, here's the thing you're talking about push ups, you just need a floor, you can do sit ups, you can do all that. Well, Spin Gym, newsflash, I didn't invent. It's actually a 2,000 year old Chinese toy. But I got mugged back in 1982. Remember I said that you're some of the obstacles you overcome? Back then, that was a really horrible thing that happened to me. But I spent the next four years in a Taekwondo dojo, and I've been studying martial arts ever since. Funny thing, 30 years later, I Two Saturday nights ago, I just got honored for my contribution to martial arts from these major black belts. I can't believe that came out of Spin Gym. That's a whole other show. Um, (laughs) I was also a a massage therapist because I had hurt my knee and thought my acting career was going to suffer. So I studied massage therapy, got certified, uh, and did a lot of that. And I'm a Broadway dancer, so I understand my body. When this thing starts spinning in your hands, and I think both of you are aware enough that you'll appreciate it, I had this epiphany. I literally said, this is the greatest fitness product ever, to which the gentleman who handed it to me said, oh, no, 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 it's an office de-stressor. I was in the U.K. at the time. <laughs> I was like, you are sitting at our desk. And I said, dude, you have no idea what you're doing. And he said, I said, this is amazing. I want to do everything with this. He said, well, you are Forbes Riley. I said, I'll make you a deal. If you can sell 25000 the first year, I'll give you my company because I'm so tired of doing this, and a small percentage send back to me, and we'll call it a day. I've sold a million and a half of these so far.
1: <laughs> That is the uh, that's a great deal. That is a great deal. And the negotiating uh, on that is fantastic.
2: The thing that I well, love about you- this, I, I travel a lot and I do a lot of speaking. And I know like there are some mornings when I get up and I, you know, I, I should go to the gym, but I just don't want to leave the room. And so I do do my workout. But this is so packable,
1: for God's sake. Right. You
0: could doing it while we're you- talking. I'm, I'm actually spinjimming right now in my
1: office. Making the most of every oh. single minute of every day, right?
0: Hey, I'm doing it on airplanes. Again, go to YouTube, type in Spinjim and pilots. You will see me sitting in the cockpit of an active 747 spinjimming. It doesn't What's matter. your favorite color? Was- <laughs> What's your favorite <laughs> well, a- color, Spinjim? Do you know what? You don't have a favorite. It's whatever I, because I created so many. It's about moods. I'm holding the, the Caribbean blue in my hand right now. I've got a hot. Thing I did thing over see here. that
2: because I just I just came back from there, and the Caribbean blue does look very very pretty. I'm I'm oh, actually my. looking at this like for gifts. I'm not kidding you for my office <laughs> staff. I know they're all working, so they're not listening. But this because we're trying to get everybody really fit in the health system, and this is something that they could uh, in Philadelphia in uh, Bucks County.
0: All right, so we should come up and do, because now I have an offer for anyone who's listening. Um, we do a certification, and what a certification ah. is, it's a one-day program that I personally, at the moment, are teaching. I have some master trainers, but if you put 25 people in the room who paid the full certification price, I will personally show up. You make $1,000 on the deal, and I will teach this eight-hour course. And so what people get out of it is, one, how to radically change their own bodies in minutes a day. Two, I also teach you how to sell a spin gym in 90 seconds so anybody can make money marketing a spin gym. Literally, I've got people who are completely deconditioned. I One woman who's 100 pounds overweight last week made $800 selling spin gyms. And by the way, you know what else she's doing? She's walking around showing people all day long, which is in itself an exercise for her.
1: There You so, go. Yeah. You know, Beth, we should do it maybe at the foundation. Oh,
2: you know what? I'm, I, I have a I have a foundation that provides integrative and healing services for our breast cancer survivors, and I am loving this as, a, as an idea for the holidays because what better way to start the new year than we'll all be spin-gymming, and what the heck? I'm in.
0: I'm in. Good, uh, and oh, I will also oh. offer you one last thing. The very first oh, person God. I ever gave a spin-gym to was a breast cancer survivor neighbor of mine, <sighs> and I will show you... The most amazing exercise that you do sitting in a chair for women who've had reconstructive surgery who need to build muscles behind their breastplate when you feel this my love you're going to go there's nothing like this there's nothing that does what this does and the whole goal for me was was two or three things one was to give women a sense of confidence when you take your sweater off and even you said it you admired my arms we all admired michelle obama's arms when she took office we love sexy arms in a woman they're hard to find most women good. can't and won't, and I certainly can't do push-ups and pull-ups very well. I have some shoulder issues. I can spin them, though. My arms look like I do a lot better workouts than I actually do.
2: Well, so my my girlfriend, good, Chantel, my, my girlfriend that I was talking about before we started the show, who's the runner she's getting a spin gym for her birthday in two weeks so whether she likes it or not she is going to be she's going to become the spin gym queen because her she has been so resistant to doing upper body stuff she's going to love this
1: i think, I we're, think we're all going to become the spin gym queens I <laughs> I
0: mean, we're oh going to okay. be your can new you spokesperson <laughs> let me tell you where do you, if live? you, you know if, where do you live if you can, forbes if you can physically affect women and keep them inspired what else are we here to be doing huh
1: well that's what that's what, what we 're all about that's what we're doing that's what we're all about and and what a, you know what a tremendous um, group and network we have so that women are contributing from all different you know arenas um, it, it's really wonderful I, I I'm so excited to get it i 'm absolutely going to get it and give it to every one of my friends. I love the fact that you can do it safely because I too have shoulder issues, and so I will not do push ups or pull ups and then I felt kind of limited.
0: Let me tell you, the last puzzle, the last cog in this puzzle for me was because my dad was in the hospital for so long, is how do you do rehab? Now, I've actually rehabbed both my shoulders. I have no surgery because I don't – surgery is hard to recover from. I've had knee surgery, and the recovery was a year and a half. So if you can avoid that or build muscles around it or work on your tendons and your ligaments, when I show you the rehab capabilities – and that's one reason. By the way, if your listeners are listening, and you shouldn't feel bad either, I haven't formally launched Gym to this country. What I have done is marketed it through home shopping, and we've sold tons. In fact, I sold in one day. Normally, we sell about 10,000 in a day. I sold 61,000 in one hour period last night. Yeah.
1: What? What's the, well, I- I- the- I- Forbes? Why have you waited to to do a mass, you know, a campaign here in the U.S.
0: Two reasons. One, I needed to get a U.S. patent on my exercises because, again, it's a 2,000-year-old toy that I did not invent, but I did invent what you do with it. Okay. And then I just got a U.S. patent on my rehab exercises because the truth is, I don't want this sitting in Walmart. This is not a 1999 object. I do sell it for a very affordable price, but I want to sell it with the doctor-tailored workouts, with rehab workouts, so when you go to your doctor, instead of, normally when you go to a shoulder rehab, they hand you a little piece of paper and tell you to do itsy-bitsy spider up up the wall, right? I think yeah. we have something much more integrated. But it's very challenging to get doctors to pay attention. To I'm paying attention. So I'm paying, paying this attention doctor. for God's sake. Yes. This doctor hey. right here. i attention to women. I- I'm, I'm paying women. attention,
2: and i got I got tons of breast cancer survivor thrivers who, they really, you know, up, first of all, up, most women do not spend enough time on their upper body. They think, I, there's this old belief that if you lift weights, you're going to get all these muscles. And I, I was like, ladies, you know, I've been lifting weights forever, and I'm toned, and I'm fit, but by no means do you get muscle-bound. And if you can do, when you can simplify an upper body workout, which You know, I, now I just, I wanted one last night. I was like, I can't even order it fast enough to get it here, you know, before tomorrow because I was, I was away on vacation last week. So I honestly didn't even go on the internet to go look at who our fabulous guest was today. And had I done that, I would have ordered it last week and it would have been waiting for me at home last night because I would have been prepared and already used it. But now I'm excited because we're going to get to learn from you. Yeah, absolutely. Well,
0: I'm excited and I'll tell you what, it's, this is the goal. Um, we do have websites, we do have webinars, uh, but me traveling around the country right now and creating an army, literally an army of spin gym trainers, that was the idea before we actually launched it. You know, it's oh, yeah. a long time to get out to the market, too. So I think we've gone pretty well, because we could have ended up with an infomercial, Shake Weight was here today and gone tomorrow, and I'll tell you what, this isn't a gadget, this isn't a toy, and I've sold enough on television to know that what I've got matters. The other thing, and I'm going to share this, and I hope this just falls on the ears of your entrepreneurs. Um, I got offered a lot of money for Spin Gym many years ago, and I turned it down. Because what would have happened is Spin Gym would have ended up in Target and Walmart and, like Shake Weight, it would have been out there for a year, would have made millions. Absolutely no doubt about it. But there would have been no story. And you know what I got out of all this? Because th- there's only so many things that money can buy. Money doesn't really buy a meaningful life. Money doesn't really buy fame. Money doesn't buy that. What buys it is a struggle. What buys it is the story, is what you go through. And I'll tell you what. I've got some phenomenal stories that I share with other women and other entrepreneurs. I've done this company on my own. It was me and my husband. We had no investors. In fact, we mortgaged our house, and our kids' education. Before that, I went on a TV series called Pitch Men, and I got my head handed to me, and I was made to cry on national television. Uh, um, at one point, I had, a in, I had a stand in U.S. Customs a couple of Christmases ago and black out 44,000 DVDs with people I'd met on Craigslist to help me. I can't – the stories and the breadth of the journey is so worth sharing. And you talk about getting on stage and speaking, and I do that because I now matter more than I did before. People look at this and go, wow, Forbes, we didn't think you could do this. We don't understand. We thought it was just a toy, but you stuck with it. You kept going. And so that, to me, at the end of my life is a greater legacy than saying that I retired out and sitting on a beach with $10 million in my pocket.
1: Absolutely. True. And listen, we get that here, Forbes, the, the idea of, you know, this, the stories behind everything is what matters um, and the struggles. That's, you know, what resonates with people. When we come back, we're going to take a real quick break for um, to acknowledge our sponsor, Holy Redeemer Health System. And um, when we come back, I want to talk about your mission to empower inventors and entrepreneurs. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone, to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB Talk 860. My name is Sue Rocco, and I have with me this afternoon uh, both Dr. Beth Dupree, my co-host, and our guest this afternoon, Forbes Riley. And gosh, we had a, just a great, really energetic first half of the show talking all about fitness and and uh, Forbes Spin Gym, which um, we're definitely going to be talking more about that and sharing that with everyone. So so that women can take advantage of it. But I want to, you know, I have so many topics, Forbes, and the show is never long enough. I really want to jump in and talk about um, what you're doing with your new show to empower inventors and entrepreneurs. I think, um, I think it's so incredibly critical today, specifically with women, um, giving them an opportunity to be entrepreneurs as well. So tell, tell us where that started and why you're doing it.
0: Well, you know, I watched my dad, who was an inventor, invent all these wonderful things that no one ever saw, never saw the light of day. He had this wonderful garage, kind of like the Willy Wonka of garages. And he turned to me one day and he said, kiddo, how do I get my inventions out to the world? And I think I said, dad, I have no idea, I'm eight years old. And so it has been this, this lifelong journey of going, wow, how do you do this? Well, he passed away and I had to clean out his garage at 40. And I was devastated that all of these wonderful ideas never got out there. And um, so part of, part of the, the motivation of that is, one, being involved. I'm, you know, I've hosted 142 national infomercials, and because of that, I've seen how you pitch products, how you have massive successes, how you have terrible failures, how people made horrible mistakes. I've also spent 20 years now on home shopping. That's a huge insight. And it came recently that I know something that most people don't. I know the secret to getting everything you want. Want to hear what it is? Yes. Okay, it's really simple. Is you have to know how to pitch. What does that mean? Does it mean selling? I don't like salespeople. It means you have to enroll somebody else. And here's my definition of pitch. Pitch is a one-sided conversation created to get a yes. So you're in, and, that, and that's where people go wrong. It also has a beginning, middle, and an end, and it's not a selling thing. So a woman comes up to me after one of my speeches. I got it. My name is Carol Prolap. Carol Prolap Photography. I can make your memories last forever. And she stopped talking. She said, "How's my pitch?" And I'm like. I don't know. It stunk. I said, well, what do you mean? I said, you didn't do it. You didn't get, well, number one, you didn't get a yes. You didn't enroll me. And I teach some really interesting principles that everybody can use. One, it's one reason that my kids get me to go see animated cartoons all the time. They know how to pitch me. <laughs> so think about it. Here's, I changed Carol. I said, Carol, your name is Carol Prolab. Secondly, give me some credibility. I am a, a, an award-winning photographer, and I've been published in magazines. The third thing, make an assumption. You're not talking to a billboard. You're talking to Forbes Riley, who happens to, if you did your research before my speech, I have almost a million fans on Facebook. Here's what I would have said. Hey, Forbes, I know you've got a ton of fans on Facebook, and I know you need fi- pictures because you're in the public eye. Um, as a photographer, what if I took a one-hour photo session for you for completely for free, and if you love the photos, in exchange, would you post them on your page? She would have gotten a yes. Is that a great pitch?
1: That's a great pitch. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what it is. Right. You're, t- you're t- telling more about, you know, one of the things that, um, that you've said, uh, Forbes, which I think is so incredibly powerful and s- something to be, you know, think about constantly, um, in work is putting the focus on others, taking it off of yourself. So when you're in front of someone and you, you're, you want to address what their needs are, what you can do for them, isn't that yes. a part well, of the pitch? It is absolutely a part
0: of the pitch. And that comes in, and I teach this, by the way. So I'm going to give, I'm going to plug a couple of things. One, I'm actually in LA on December 5th, speaking on stage with Lisa Gibbons, Kevin Harrington, the original shark on Shark Tank, and Brian Tracy, one of my all time favorite motivational speakers. And I am talking about pitch. And then we teach this workshop. We did this last year. It was very exclusive. We had 100 people in it. And I'll tell you what, life changing. Because when you can orchestrate your pitch, you get everything that you want. You get your investors, you get people to enroll, you get people to come to your charity event, you get people to go on a walk with you. It doesn't matter if you can't pitch for what you want. In fact, my daughter said something very interesting. I, when, I, when I privately coach, I charge uh, what I think is, is a healthy amount of money. So my daughter says, Mom, why would somebody pay you all that money? They already have a successful business or so they wouldn't have the money, and don't they really know how to pitch? Very insightful. Do you know that I've never met a single person who's gotten it right? And and that includes me. Pitching takes coaching. Pitching is, you know, if we go on home shopping, here's how it works. Home shopping will give me 20 minutes for a product, like, for example, Spin Gym. First time you go out there and you try this pitch, and it's very one-sided because I don't know who's picking up the phone on the other end, and you have to do about $3,000 a minute to stay on home shopping. And you can see at the end of your 20 minutes how you did. First time you go out, you might make $700 a minute. Well, that's not good enough to keep your product on. So you tweak your pitch. I always have a coach with me, and we talk about what points didn't we hit? What do we do next time? I did this. This is a product I'm thinking about. We raised it up to $2,500 a minute. What did we do differently? This is a great barometer. My evening show, we tweaked it even more. We made a whole bunch of slight changes. That pitch ended up at $7,000 a minute. So what did we do? Well, we tweaked the pitch. You can't always hear what it is if you don't have someone else helping you, and that's the biggest thing. So, But once you get it, you always do the same pitch. Here's the funny thing about Spin gym. When I'm in front of somebody, the pitch for Spin gym is 90 seconds long, and we never say what it is. I concluded that you don't want to hear me talk about who I am or what it does. When you feel it and you see the reaction on people's faces, which is why you bought it on, on television or you bought it online, you're like, wow, I get it. So, my job in, the, in this particular product is to get you to understand, even though you can't touch or feel it, to see what it does and get other people to go, wow, and then have you realize how much you need it. So well, when you, you clarify, know, what, like you
1: said. Yeah, that reminds me. You you, you describe it as a one sided conversation that sole purpose is to elicit a positive response. I love that. Yes. Because that's, you know, and that's. And not to sell. Right. That's what people. I hate selling. I don't want to sell
0: you. Selling is, is making you do something you don't necessarily want to do and getting your money for it. Right, right. You know, you walk into a car's you know, car deal, go, oh, you're going to love this car. No, why don't you ask the person what they drive, what they want, really listen to them. Yeah. And it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And I'm sure as a doctor too, you know, you have to enroll your patients. You have to enroll them to get a surgery, or enroll them to take a certain drug, enroll them to take care of themselves. That's all pitching, even though you don't realize it. Right. Oh,
2: I, I realize it. Believe me, that's uh, I'm very good at it because you have you have to be. That's part of the that's part of this process because p- people have choices to make in life. And when I sit down with the, with someone in a consultation, that's my that's my pitch. That's my chance to say to them, you know, here here's what it is. But it's not my job to drag them to do something. It's it's then it becomes their decision as to what they want to do with their life.
0: And it's a lot more fun when you back get a yes, but they're on board working with you, because I can't imagine a lot of fun working with patients who don't want to listen. You know,
2: it's, it's to, to work, if somebody doesn't want to be a partner in their health care, I am absolutely the wrong doctor for them to have. Uh, there are many physicians that are very happy being paternalistic, but I believe that the, the patient engagement and their you know their desire to heal and be well is essential
1: in this process. So, yes. And you have to get to, get to them on an emotional level. I think that's what, oh, yeah. you know, Forbes, a lot of what you're talking about is really reaching people from an emotional level. Um, one of the things, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about, you know, this, here at Women to Watch, you know, we focus on women, and I know that you work with both men and women, but one of the things I wanted to ask you is what you feel, um, is, might be one of the number one things that holds women back from pursuing their own endeavors or dreams. What do you think that is? The fact is? that
0: we're not men. No, the fact that we're oh, not men.
1: <laughs> well, and,
0: well, we no, can't be. No, no, pay. no, no, we, no let, me clarify that. Yep. let me clarify that for a second. We're in a society that's very clearly divided uh, about male and female. And for many, many years, the male has dominated for, uh, through brute strength. And uh, as a woman, and I've watched how this you know, we were the last ones to get the right to vote. We have an issue with what do we wear. You know, as, as, a, as, a, as a woman, we have all kind of advantages, and then we have a whole bunch of disadvantages. And the disadvantages come with empowering ourselves, believing that we're strong, believing that we're good enough, believing that we matter. And then we have to take care of ourselves very differently than men do. Because we have makeup and high heels and low heels and spanks and earrings and hair color and hair. Nails? Do men have to do any of this stuff? It's time-consuming being a professional woman, or being a beautiful woman, or being any kind of woman. Well, people might say don't we, we, we
1: don't have to. You know, we sh- we don't have to. But I mean, oh, I'm— yes, you
0: don't. Let me tell
1: you something. Who says you don't have to? Well, no. I'm, I believe me. I love to walk out the door every day and feel that I look my very best because it makes me feel better. But I would say I think when we talk about those parts of being a woman, there are a lot of women that don't um, pay much attention to that, and and they might feel that it's something we don't need. Why can't in other words, why can't we just walk out and be ourselves and disregard you know all of the the exterior fluff?
0: And so, as a woman, when you do that, how's that working out for you?
1: Not good. (laughs) Yeah, no. But why does it matter? I I think why do you think? I mean, I believe it matters, but I would like to know why. Why you think it does? Why is it a good thing for? It matters
0: because it matters simply because of society we live in. In other parts of the world, men wear skirts and wear makeup and do things. We live in this particular society, in the society that we live in, and I don't think it's. I think it's global. I don't think it's necessarily America. That there's a certain look. To, why, do, why can't you show up to work in jeans and a T-shirt? Why do women have to wear makeup? It's just because it's societal. But when you put yourself together to a certain level and look professional, and again, we've decided that. I prefer not to. I, I'm loving no makeup and I'd love my hairy roots to show. And, but that isn't how it works. Why do I work so hard to have a fit, toned body? You know, I redefined. I have a program called Redefinitions. And it is about owning yourself. One of the words in there is sexy. And I've had a lot of women going, ah, you always talk about feeling sexy. I said, let me tell you something. Here's my definition of sexy. Seeing excellence in yourself.
2: <laughs> and
0: I like how that word makes me feel. When you get naked in front of a mirror, how do you feel? How do you look? How does your body work for you? That is sexy. I don't need to be sexy for somebody else, but you need to feel powerful and strong for yourself. Um, and to that end, I, defined a, I redefined a whole lot of words. Why do you need a fit, toned body? Why can't I just let myself go? Well, one, you don't feel good. Two, it's bad for your health. And so the steps I took for that is I redefined the word diet. You ready? Go. So D-I-E-T, decisions I eat today. And I'll tell you what, when you make that and you change what you, the way you think about things. So we don't have to do any of this, but I'll tell you what, we're playing a game that has rules. And the rules say that we pay a lot of attention to a woman named Kim Kardashian, who hasn't a whole uh. doesn't have a college, you know, doesn't have a medical degree. But she does have 50 million Instagram followers and is quite an influencer. And you know what her greatest gift was, which, by the way, if you look on uh, YouTube, apparently I gave Kim her very first infomercial. Type in Forbes writing and Kim Kardashian. Uh, and I adore this girl, and I'll tell you why. But her biggest thing was that she left the house every day looking glamorous and aspirational. And that changed the whole country. Somehow we pay attention to her, even though she hasn't the medical degree or she hasn't run a marathon or, you know, saved, you know, somebody. That's what she did. So in our society, we value that. We don't value empty-headedness. We don't value vapidness. And we like to tear people down as soon as we get them up. So we're very odd as a species. But I'll tell you what. I always wanted to be a game show host when I was little. And I realized the reason there are no – can you name a single female game show host? No.
2: No. And you know
0: why? No. It's because we don't know how to dress them. I know this is going to sound weird. This is the male-female thing. You put a man in a khaki pair of pants and a blue blazer and a white shirt, and he can do anything he wants in life, period. He only needs that one uniform. You put a woman in a suit, she looks like a newscaster. You put a woman in a really formal dress, she looks like Vanna White, and all she does is turn letters. Really? That's what reduced the glamorous woman to? She's the letter-turner? We put her in you know, a, a pantsuit, she looks one way, we put her in a skirt that's too short or too tight and she looks cheap, what do we dress that woman in every day? And here's a funny thing to think about. A lot of the hosts that we admire are very asexual in their dressing. Ellen dresses like a little boy. Oprah dressed, we didn't care how she dressed because she was overweight, so as long as she was wearing something that just looked attractive on her. You know, it's really going, hmm. Kelly Ripa, we don't take very seriously because she's a little Barbie doll the way she dresses in the morning. Where's the woman who has power? Does that woman have to wear a sheath dress? Does that woman have to? You know, I looked up uh, Forbes' most successful women this year. There were two distinctly, distinct categories. They were all the politicians and they all wore the same kind of sheath suit uniform with short cropped hair and basically no makeup. And then there were the really glamorous sides. There were the J. Lo's and the Sophia Vergara's and the Hollywood actresses. And that's who dominated our society. So is it
1: tough being a woman? Yes, it is. Well, it's tough. It certainly is tough. And I think that what really we need to focus on are the words behind the the particular woman so in other words we all have a style that we feel comfortable you know people will say you know that's really not my style but we're trying to you know um, fit into somebody else's style but once we get our own and it's authentic to us I think the words then you know when you when you talk about Kim Kardashian I'm thinking my goodness she has the audience of you know millions and millions of people and she did that um, as you said um, walking out into the world glamorous and, and people like to see that but then, how about if she would take advantage of that type of exposure and an audience, and put some incredibly inspiring words or work behind it? You know, I would love that. Do yeah. you
0: want to hear something pathetic? Go to Wikipedia, type in motivational speakers. There's not a single woman's name there.
1: Well, there should be. I know it's many not- of them. You, in, you are one.
0: Well, and I love you for that and thank you so much and I agree and I have to fight a little harder to be there, but there's not a single woman's name. So we have to work harder to matter more and to, and to really, you know, and, and we're also a little catty with ourselves. We tend to build up and beat down women and we can't do that to ourselves because we do matter and I love being a woman and I would never change this and I love being a mother. That's another thing. Not everybody's a mother. I'll tell you what, it's a lot easier to be successful. Again, I look at Oprah and Ellen and people on television that I happen to admire and it's challenging being a mother is different than being a father
1: that's right it is it is and you know one of the questions i'm sure you're asked often forbes is you know the work-life balance story or excuse me question and it, it you know it's it's very typical today and one of the things i would rather ask rather than how do you balance it all because you're certainly doing a lot of projects i would like to know how you manage the stress that comes along with all of those projects that
0: is a great question. No one's ever asked me it quite that way because the truth is I don't. I ended up in the hospital twice now because of stress. And I'll tell you what, hard to admit, but once with a kidney stone a couple of years ago and just recently with a stomach issue last December. Mm.
1: So so that's you're a always message. always out of balance. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're always out of balance as a successful woman. You right. really are. Right. You're either not home or you're not with your kids or you're, you know, you're always, one of the things I learned though was to try to be where I am. I said this to my daughter. My daughter was eight years old. She calls me on the phone one day, and she says, Mom, do you still love me? I was like, really? And I thought for a second I can do that thing that moms love to do, going, oh, baby, I love you, and I miss you. And I said, you know what? That's not going to work for her and for me. So here's the deal. Did the sun come up today, McKenna? She said, "Uh uh-huh, Mommy. I said, great. Every day that the sun comes up, even if I'm not in the room with you, just know that your mother loves you. So some of the things we've created have been secrets and tips and I need to breathe some more. I need to enjoy some more. I need to enroll some more friends. And I love that you asked. And and hopefully this will touch a lot of people who are dealing with stress. And you do need to monitor it because it's a lot more dangerous than I realize.
1: That's right. It it, it really is. And yeah, you, and I think people, I'm sorry. You know, women like you and and Beth is is the same way. Really getting a lot done in a single day but it's really important that you remind yourself that you know your health is number one because all of the people that you love and want to help in the work that you do and your family will not matter if you're not caring for yourself first
2: yeah your body's gonna your body's
1: gonna show you
2: right your body will show you when you're out of balance that's unfortunate i've i've been in the same situation a couple times in my life and uh You know, to get to that place where stress wreaks havoc, that it um, comes out in a physical symptom, it makes you pay attention. It's like it kind of stops you in your tracks and says, okay, wake up.
1: That's right. It's a reminder. Pay attention. Right. You know, we just have a few minutes left, um, Forbes, and I'd love for you to um, talk about what you might still like to do that you haven't done. Is there anything else on your list?
0: Like Madonna said on Dick Clark, world domination.
1: Okay. (laughs) can we come along for the ride? (laughs)
0: You know, when I look at Tony Robbins and I'm thinking, you know, there's no woman at that level. I'd like to be back on television with a national talk show that really embodies. In fact, I'd have you both on because one of the things that I love doing is being very inclusive. I don't know it all. I don't know most of anything. And I had a pitch. But I do know how to find amazing people and ask them great questions and bring on doctors and talk about breast cancer, but in a real way that I don't think anyone's dared to speak to. I do not have done answer it yet. To, no, they haven't done it, and it's not Dr. Oz, and it's not people pretending nope. on television. Oprah came really close. She was our highlight, and she's been gone for so long that there is no beacon out there. And it's not a selfish thing. I really want to give. I need to give that information. I don't know where to go to get what I need. So if I can do that publicly and let people know there's answers out there, let's do that together.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Especially for women. Especially for women, because it's a it's such an exciting time for women. And although, you know, we see the statistics that we have so far to go as far as um, women in leadership and on boards and in C suites, we're certainly at a much better place today and there is a lot of inclusiveness you know there's all kinds of women's groups and they're working together they're trying really hard to support each other and and have them be in a different world than you know than really we've ever been before
0: it is about the way we speak it is neurolinguistics. How What comes out of our mouths as women? What do we tell our little girls? Yes. One of the things we tell little girls is run like a girl. We have to stop this. Uh-huh. We have to understand that women are powerful, that little girls are powerful and important. And I'll tell you what, we have our first Marvel uh, action hero coming out as a female. Wonder Woman is a new movie coming out. There is a shift in there is. what's going on. And I'm excited to be alive during this time, and I'm excited to also be one of the forces that makes a difference. Because, I mean, I'm driven. I didn't die now three different times. And so my theory on that is, if you're still here, you better do something to contribute.
1: That's and right. That's what
0: I'm about, and that's my mission: is to make a difference.
1: You know, we a didn't get given. to that story, Forbes. I really, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, that that story um, about you on 9/11. But we are out of time, and I thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us and, and be on Women to Watch.
0: Great. Well, you have know a what? Great be day. Great
1: On Facebook, come to Forbes Riley. Thank you, guys. We will. Thanks, everybody. Have Bye-bye. a great week. Bye, bye.